When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What's up, Pitt fans? Welcome back to another Pitt Mailbag here on the Post-Gazette Sports Now YouTube channel and on our podcast network. He is Chris Carter. I am Noah Hiles. And Chris, another uh, eventful weekend of recruiting for Pitt. The final week of official visits has come and gone. We are approaching July, and we're just a month closer to training camp now, Carter. Can, can you feel it? Can you feel like the 2023 season is really, really Close, because I think in five weeks we're going to be tra- covering a training camp. Nope, I can't feel like it because Chris is trying to enjoy what time he has before it happens. I'm hey. k- kicking my feet up. I'm enjoying time. We could do mailbags and not have to like be on a story every single day. But uh, I'm not going to sit here and act like camp is brutal to cover, though. I mean, we're it, we're normally in and brutal. out by like two p.m. Sir, you have one training <laughs> so, camp to cover. I got two. That's so true. Watch yeah, <laughs> I, I was going to say. It's, I mean, there's a lot of writing, but like. I don't know. You can kind of work ahead on that. Nonetheless, <laughs> we're having a good time. We got yeah. a lot of questions here. We got some football. We got some basketball. We're going to get into it now. We'll start off with Tom, who I really like this question from Tom. Who, if anyone, has the best shot to finish the season as a finalist for an individual award? I'm assuming Tom's talking about college football because uh, that's the season that's coming up. And that's yeah. how we're going to answer this. Chris, do you have anyone off the top of your head? Because I have, I have a couple. You know, that's tough. I think, I think you Gavin go Bartholomew. First? You, got, you know what? You go first. I, I was going to say okay. Gavin Bartholomew, but go ahead. Gavin was number two on my list for okay. the Mackey Award, the John Mackey Award, yeah. which is mm-hmm. for the best tight end in the country. Mm-hmm. Number three on my list was MJ Devonshire for the Jim Thorpe Award. Yeah. I, I, I looked, I could not find a return man. Award because if there was a returner year of the word, uh, a, a return man year, I don't know what I'm saying, or an award for the best returner in the country. If there was something like that, which I thought there was, but I couldn't find it, uh, that maybe would be what MJ would be in the running for. But I think the number one guy on Pitt's roster that has a chance to win an individual award would be the Lou Groza Award, which goes to the best kicker in the country, hmm. one Benjamin Sauls. I think that he probably has the best chance out of anybody this year for Pitt. Just because I think you're reloading on that defensive line. I don't think they're going to throw the football a lot. So that kind of rules out the quarterback and the wide receivers. Running backs, just tough. You know, <laughs> like there's just so many good ones. Every year, yeah. Offensive line. Uh, and I don't know. I I, just, I think Ben Sauls, he was what? First team all ACC in the preseason. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it's out of the question for Ben Sauls to be in contention to be an All-American this year. I really do. I, I he He was lights out throughout ACC play last year, really after the Western Michigan game, he was lights out. 
He he delivered an all-time performance in the Sun Bowl, and I think he's he's coming into this season looked at as a major weapon on Pitt's team. So that would be my answer. Carter, do you have anyone else that pops off in your mind? So yeah, Gavin was my thing for the for the the Mackey Award. Um, Jim Thorpe Award could be MJ Devonshire with if he's able to make some make some more pick sixes happen. You know, I would be very intrigued to see how Bengali Kamara does this year and if he could win the Dick Butkus Award for Outstanding Linebacker. Now, there's going to be some really good linebackers out there, but with his athletic ability, if he's able to make some big plays in the middle part of the field and he's able to turn some interceptions around like he did last year when he was starting to get his feet under him, with his size and speed, that I think he could put himself in a really good running there just by his athleticism alone um, and and making that a thing. Um, So I, I certainly think that he could be um, in the, in that conversation, um, you know, I'm not so I, I think there's a lot of stuff. It's tough to look at, you know, senior quarterback the, for the John Unitas Award and, you know, seeing there's things like that. Senior quarterbacks. There's a lot. It's, the thing. it's just it's, it's a lot like when Kenny Pickett was able to win that in 2021. Kenny Pickett literally broke the records of the ACC scorings uh, for quarterback. Like he, he broke Deshaun Watson's record. And I'm not sure that Phil's going to be able to do that this year. So. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm with you, Gavin. I'm with you on Devonshire. I throw in Bengali Kamara at linebacker potentially as well. All right. All right. So we'll move over now. We've got a couple of pit recruiting questions. This first one comes from Eileen. She wants to know how big, uh, of a quarterback target is Hasselbeck's kid for Pitt, which would be Henry Hasselbeck, the son of Matt Hasselbeck. He's a Maryland commit for lacrosse and his entire family went to Boston college. Uh, also, Pete Gonzalez, or Peter Gonzalez's son, uh, committed to the place in the middle of the Commonwealth. Was that a surprise? I got to say, first off, Eileen is awesome. She's been following me on Twitter <laughs> for a long time. I like that she gives the detail with these questions, along with just the question. She gives the, the context. She's just a very well-informed reader and fan, and you, you have to appreciate that. I'll start with this. The uh, for the first, or you know what? I'll, I'll answer the Peter Gonzalez thing real quick, and then we can talk yeah. more about Henry Hasselback because uh, you have a little bit more of the inside track on that than me. Um, as far as Peter Gonzalez's commitment, I mean he he had he had pit outside his top three. I think his top three were Virginia Tech, Miami, and Penn mm-hmm. State. I was shocked when that came out simply because I mean the kid plays in Oakland in high school football, yeah. and yeah. his dad was the quarterback for the Panthers, and for him. He made a, a lot of unofficial visits, if, if I recall correctly. And for him to not even put the Panthers in his top five, top three, I mean, I, w- I was kind of shocked. But the reality is when it, you're, you're looking at guys like Peter Gonzalez or a couple of his high school teammates or other kids throughout the Whippeal, Penn State kind of has the Whippeal in a chokehold right now. They're, mm. they're, they're getting the guys that they want. You can make the argument, you know, oh, hey, Pitt got Ty Uhas from Central Catholic and Pitt got Cameron Lindsay from Aliquippa. Well, you know, you could point out the Lindsay thing. That's a great signing for Pitt, or that's a great commitment for the Panthers. But Penn State, that came after Penn State brought in like three linebackers prior yeah. to Lindsay. So yeah. who knows where he goes if if the Nittany Lions didn't get other linebackers? They got Specka before him. So they're they're really going after and getting the top guys right now. I'm not sitting here saying that Lindsay is you know anyone second tier. Or whatever. I, I I think that plenty of teams throughout the country would be very happy to have him. I think Pitt should be very happy to have him. But as far as you know, big names go, especially in the higher classifications, Penn State's kind of running the whip wheel right now, and that's why 
you know, the verbal commitments of a guy like Cam Lindsay and Ty Uhas, that's a big deal because it's it's some momentum where if you're pit, you hope that that can carry into future years. I mean, with, you know, there's a quarterback, J- Julian Duggar at Penn Hills. Maybe they can get him. You know, you, you want to see Pitt get those types of guys and not just the guys that Penn State says, oh, we don't want them. It's mm-hmm. the guys that Penn State also really wants. And they're competing with the Nittany Lions for guys outside of the state of Pennsylvania. But right now, the Nittany Lions are coming into Pitt's backyard and they're getting some of the guys that I'm sure the Panthers really wanted. That's a tough loss for, for Pitt, but that's just the reality. So that answers the Peter Gonzalez side of that question. And I know Pitt fans are not going to like hearing that, but that's the truth. Just just look at it. They're getting the highest rated guys in the state, and that includes in the Whitfield. Um, we'll talk more about Hasselbeck now uh, because he he is, I think, one of the more important guys on the board right now for Pitt. Maybe not as a high-rated guy. He's only a three-star, and quarter or football might not even be this kid's best sport. Um, but his position alone makes him a player of interest. Chris, I you told me uh, you had some solid info from a source. I'll let you share it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah. So Henry Hasbeck was in and he said there seemed to be some a lot of mutual appreciation when he in his visit with uh, with Pitt. He visited Pitt back on June 22nd. So he got to walk around. He got to see Kenny Pickett working out with the Steelers and doing everything that they were doing for OTAs at the time. Um, And there's definitely some mutual interest. Now, here's the thing is that they're in competition with Michigan State and Boston College. I would not be shocked if looking at Henry Hasselbeck, if some of this depends up depends upon, you know, what the offense looks like under Frank Signetti this year. And like he might even commit at some point to Pitt or to somewhere else and then change his mind based off of how these offense offenses look in, in this upcoming season. And so uh for yeah, for Henry Hasselbeck, you know, a young kid out of Massachusetts, 6'3, 170, you know, right size, obviously the lineage of an NFL quarterback. Um, you know, they, they, that, that's, that's always an attractive thing that you want to have on your roster added to their thing. He's a, he's a three, he's a three-star recruit right now. He's all, he was a lacrosse commit, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if he kind of came out of that at some point and announced, uh, either for Pitt or Michigan state. I have a hard time seeing Boston college. I know that that's kind of like a local thing for him, but I feel like the, the rebuilding that Boston college is going to be doing, I, I don't. I feel like that. See, I, I completely disagree. Why is that? Because his dad and mom went there. I get that, but like, and that's come that's. On. I I just think that there's so much, there's so much going against Pitt here for this player. Where, first off, he's not the best quarterback on their roster. There, there's better guys out there. I'm I'm not sure that Henry Hasselbeck's better than Duggar, the kid from Penn Hills, and 
he has less offers right now. But when you're you're competing against another sport, this kid's already verbally, verbally committed to play. One, he, he wants to go play lacrosse in Maryland. That's where his verbal commitment is. So you're trying to get him to decommit, not only decommit from a, a program that you might compete against, but a completely different sport. And then, you know, I, I, I think it's probably a two-team race based off of stuff that I heard. But Boston College, I mean – Playing for your dad, if you're going to make the choice to, to follow your dad's footsteps and be a quarterback as opposed to taking your own route and play lacrosse, I think it would make sense to just follow his footsteps completely and go to Boston College. This is a guy and he's from Massachusetts, probably could play very early in Boston College, where at Pitt, who knows? I agree with that. You, yeah, you know, this knows? is a program that's built its position around the transfer portal recently. So, where Boston College, sure, they've played transfers too, but I think that name would have some weight there where if he's coming in from pit, it's, it's a little different. So that's why I, I think that he's certainly a target simply because Pitt needs a quarterback and it's 2024 class and mm-hmm. it doesn't have one yet. I don't think it has one in the hidden verbal commitments that there are. I believe there's two now. I know of one of them. Um, I don't know who the other one is. Maybe it's him. Maybe it's another quarterback. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I think it's, I, I don't know. I think there are better guys out there personally. I hear you. I think there, there, there very well could be. I just, I, I'm saying it to say, I think that he would, I think that he would be smart to consider Pitt. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I think that Pitt taking a look at him doesn't have, they don't have to go all out and, um, you know, and, and kind of like, you know, make him or bust. But I, I do think that, that there's, uh, there, there's, re- there's reason for mutual appreciation there for both sides. And he could be a guy who comes in, you know, if, uh, Christian Veyer becomes the starter next year and he's he's a freshman you know you can learn behind him and then whoever else they bring temporary and you can work your way up and that could be a natural progression for him uh on, on an ACC football roster oh I agree like I don't think the guy's gonna be terrible I just think that there's there's a lot of work that would have to go into getting him as opposed to other guys who actually want to are 100% committed to playing college football you know mm-hmm. I, I just think there's just a little bit more there but we can move on Roy wants to know I really like this question. Okay. Which three-star verbal commit in Pitt's 2024 class are you guys the highest on and why? So Pitt has three verbal commitments right now that are four stars, according to rivals. Um, that'd be Jasir Whittington, uh, Rick Darius Farmer, and Cameron Lindsay. The rest of their verbal commitments, I believe we know 20 of them now, maybe 19 because one decommitted. Yeah, 19. So 16 of the others uh, are three stars. Mm-hmm. Which one do we think has the highest ceiling? Would you like for me to start, or do you want to start here? No, you start. I'm really big on Caleb Holmes. Um, and maybe this is a, an asterisk because he is a four-star on 247 Sports. Mm-hmm. On two, according to 247 Sports, he's the highest-rated player, period, that Pitt oh, wow. has in its 24, uh, 2024 class. But we go off arrivals at the, uh, at the Post-Gazette, so he's a three-star. I think Caleb Holmes, I'm pretty sure he went to the same high school as B.J. Williams, the, the freshman center. On Pitt's roster mm-hmm. now, he was an early enrollee. That could be good. But if we're picking a, a, a consensus three-star, I'm either going to go with Jeremiah Marcellin, the linebacker who just committed from Florida uh, last week, Damn. or uh, Cameron Monterio, who is going to play receiver for Pitt. He committed a couple weeks ago. He's from Massachusetts. He plays quarterback. Um, just seems like an all-out stud athlete. Great basketball player from what I've seen. Um I like him for different reasons. I think Marcelin probably will end up being a four-star. He's right on the on the fringe uh, for at 
most recruiting sites that you'll see give player ratings. And I just like his size. And I think Pitt needed a, an interior linebacker and he provides that need. Um, as far as Montario goes, it's just the athleticism. I just look at him and that's a player that you could use in a lot of different ways. So those would be the guys that I'm looking at. Chris, do you have anyone else? I like uh, Alan Bryant out of Fort Lauderdale, defensive back, 6'1", 170. I think that his athleticism, the things that I've seen on him on tape, you know, he's not going to be an immediate impact guy, but I think he's going to be a guy that becomes an asset to you sooner rather than later uh, in the defensive process. Um, I like Ty Uhas. You brought him up earlier, defensive end from, from Central Catholic. Um, got to talk to him uh, during one of the, uh, the the spring practices. Really nice, really nice young man. So, uh, I think he has his head on in the right way, and I think that they've got a bunch of guys in this in this class that I think are pretty impressive for how they carry themselves and how they, you know, they uh, they they handle everything, and how I think that they're going to take on the challenge of not just trying to adapt to college, you know, athleticism, but also adapting to you know, how you're going to need to be patient and wait on the bench. They need guys who aren't going to lose their stuff if they're not starting within six games, you know. I, I got to tell you, I, I don't know if you saw it. I was wiping away tears of joy that my, my city league coworker gave the Whippeal guy some shine. That's so nice of you to say. I'm so happy. I, I'm happy. Dudes love. I don't hate the Whippeal. Like I know. Well, I, just, I, I purposely left him off because I, I always am always promoting the Whippeal. You know, and, and I'm just glad someone else. I promote Whippy people too. I don't hate Whippy. I'm just mm. come on, no. What we all doing? Right, all right, all right. No, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I'm glad you gave Ty because I do think Ty Uhas is going to be a good player here. Yeah, I think right. so too. I told him that to his. Okay, all right, all right. We'll move it on now. <laughs> Eddie wants to know: Do preseason football rankings even matter? Would it be better for college? <laughs> What an incredible question. I love the, I love the way it's, it's, it's this question. <laughs> would, it be better if college, would it be better for college football if they waited until the first month of the season to release the top 25? I'll say this. Uh, that's never going to happen because you know who releases those polls is the media. And yeah, baby. Those you things get a lot of us. clicks. And they, they have some importance. But in reality, the only poll that matters in today's world of college football doesn't come out until like eight weeks into the season. Right. That's the playoff ranking. So in a way, Eddie, you're correct. They It doesn't matter. None of these pre – like I saw Monday morning, PFF had pit number 25 in the country for its preseason rankings. That's cool. Does it mean anything? No. I mean, none of the rankings – the AP rankings don't mean as much anymore. They don't mean really anything. I mean, it look, if you're, if you're a fan of a team that's ranked top 25, it's certainly nice to see that little number next to it on the scoreboard when you're watching on TV or whatever. But there's only one poll that matters now. The coaches poll, the AP poll, like that stuff's just extra. They keep doing it because they've done it forever. But the college football playoff poll is the only thing that matters. And the fact that it does not come out until week eight kind of says what you need to know, Eddie. And, and granted, I'm sure that some of the basis of that college football, that first poll is based on, oh, okay, well, this team's been ranked top 10 all year. They have wins over three or four ranked teams. And who are the ranked teams? They're ranked by the AP. So they right. do have some weight. But overall, I think we can get an idea. Like, hey, this Alabama team, pretty good. Georgia, pretty good. You know, like, I don't know. I see, I see a use for it. It's never going to change, so I don't really think too much of it. But like I said, the most important poll doesn't come out until – halfway more than halfway through the season 
college football is a game and an event that is a lot about pageantry, about yep. traditions, about excitement that has nothing to do with the game itself. It has nothing to do with the plays being called or the throw, the passes being made or the catches being made, or the interceptions, the tackles, none of that. It is about the hype built around it by the fans, the media, all of us that aren't playing or coaching in the game. And the preseason rankings are every bit a part of that when leading into the season. Heck, uh, someone I saw clips, someone posted the highlights of, what was it, when it was Eastern Michigan, I think, uh, whenever they, whoever upset, no, Appalachia. uh, Appalachian State beat Michigan. Yeah, when that happened, it broke everything. And everyone was like, what? No one had ever heard of some unranked team that no one cared about before that game. Uh, okay, okay. I see they your face like, over there. They were the FCS champions nationally a couple times. Put some respect okay. on Appalachian State. That was okay. a big win. Okay, Mr. Denver. Mount Union. I'm sorry. No, no, they're I FCS. That has nothing to do with Mount Union. You just don't know ball. Uh, I don't know ball. So oh. Okay, okay, okay. All right, no, we, continue, continue, we're, continue. We're fighting after this. Uh, yeah, but no, but my point is, but like, if you didn't know, again, I was a freshman in high or in college at the time, and I just, when I saw that happen, I was like, whoa, I didn't know that that could happen. And it, it, it changed everything. And now upsets are a regular part of things. And part of those upsets are the rankings we give these big name teams who are expected to do well. And yes, it doesn't mean that that team is going to do well. There's a lot of times when it's completely wrong, but when it is, it makes for so much more excitement when you are that little school, you are that FCS program. And you're like, we took down the big dogs and it wouldn't have mattered as much if Michigan wasn't ranked what number seven in the country at the time. I think when that happened, they were number five. Exactly. So so, so they they lose they 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 win that game. It adds more to those to those little teams. So um, I, I think it's I think it's totally fine. Do they matter? No, but they're part of the fun. So just just have fun with them like we do. Right. Yeah. I, I think sports. We love to put a hierarchy in sports, regardless of right. We at, at the end of every year we find a winner. No kidding. But in college sports, there it's it's like one of the only. College football is like one of the only things in the world where, you know, you, you look at the end of the season and you celebrate like, hey, we finished 16th. You know, like that's like they have the end of season polls. Like Pitt, Narduzzi saying after the Sun Bowl to EJ and the press kit, we better be ranked after beating the season. We better end the season ranked. And I thought that was funny, but it's true because it means something. And so it, it means something to be ranked in week one to these teams. It means something. And I know I said it's meaningless. And because in all reality, a lot of the preseason rankings look nothing like the end of season rankings. But that's just like what you said, Carter. That is college sports. It's pageantry. It's tradition. We love to have a hierarchy. And I'll say this. The top 25, those AP ranks, it makes everything easier for the media. It makes Mm -hmm. it easier for college football or college game day to decide where they're coming to your city. You know, each week it, it makes it easy for what games are going to be flexed and whatnot and times and all that stuff. It makes it easy for the ACC network to decide they're going to keep putting Pitt at an eight o'clock kickoff and make me want to, you know, don't go make insane. this personal. No, don't make right. this personal. No, no, but that, that's how it works. That's, that's what it is. Um, it's kind of silly, but sports are silly. We put a lot of effort into talking Agreed. about games played by people we don't know. And mm-hmm. it's, it's beautiful. So We'll finish off with one last question. And before I do, I want to make something clear. Uh, Carter does know ball. He knows a lot of football. He knows a lot about football. He's he's very smart man. And I'm and I'm lucky to call him my coworker and friend. 
and I'm not feeling threatened at all right now. Um, <laughs> Lance wants to know for our final question of the day. Uh, he says, is, is Pitt going to land Trevor Jackson or is he opting to be Texas A&M's third quarterback this class? Um, I sense a little bit of uh, frustration there from you, Lance. Um <laughs> I, I would have to assume – I mean, if it's – he only took two visits, uh, official visits. Took one to Pitt and one to Texas A&M in June. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, they're, Lance is right. Texas A&M has two quarterbacks all, already verbally committed. Uh, one's a four-star, one's a three-star. Now, that's assuming maybe his verbal commitment scares away one of those two. We saw Could. that with uh, Pitt defensive back. I, I'm forgetting his name off the top of my head, but the kid decommitted um, once he mm-hmm. saw how many – verbal commits Pitt had in the defensive backfield and probably some he heard about that are coming that we don't know about yet. That right. that could happen where Trevor Jackson, you know, says like, Oh, we like, they tell him we like you more than one of these two guys. He'll probably decommit or we'll pull the offer that could happen. But I mean, if you just look at it, if it's between those two, A&M sure probably get you more NIL stuff. It's in, they're in a better league, the SEC. Yeah. But man, you're looking at a place where you're gonna be the guy in this class. You're looking at a place where yeah. you could be maybe the second string quarterback next year, assuming that you know the maybe. loser between Yarnell and Vayer transfers, which could very well happen. You're looking at a place where, yeah, you could be a second string as a freshman, or at the very least, a second string as a redshirt freshman on an ACC mm. team that competes year in and year out. Yeah. So it he ha- I-, I would find it very hard to believe that Pitt has a quarterback higher right now on its on its priority list than him right now. I think that they're all in on this guy. They really want him. Uh, if you go by, if you want to play it like NBA free agency, the last couple of tweets he's liked have been by Pitt verbal commits or guys on their official visit to Pitt, which mm-hmm. sounds silly to say, but we're talking about 17-year-olds, so maybe that is a good gauge of where their mind's at it is what it is um so yeah i i think that trevor jackson is a good fit for pitt he runs a pro style offense i would find it hard to imagine that pitt wants any quarterback right now on their radar more than him yeah i'm right with you you know they had kenny minchie the other year and that fell through he went to notre dame um i think it, uh, trevor jackson he fits everything he's visited pitt um he seems to like it i i think that uh there's always a chance that a bigger a bigger school is going to gobble up a player like that, but I think he looks at he. I think anyone can look at this this uh, the Panthers quarterback situation and think that like okay they have immediate answers, but you know Ty Diefenbach right right is a three star guy who you know seems really nice and seems like he could he could grow into the guy someday. But if I'm a if I'm a guy that, that has my own plans, I'm I'm not holding back. I'm not cowering off uh, an opportunity because of the competition there. And maybe that's what will happen he go, if he goes to Texas A&M and he's like, I'm just going to beat out everyone else. But when you go to Pitt, you can know that like, hey, I don't have that kind of competition there. My competition will come on the field. And that's where I'll prove my, where I'm the best at. So I don't know if they're going to land Trevor Jackson, but I, I do feel like it, it'll be more – I think it's more likely than not it, just looking at the opportunities – uh, that he would have at, at Pitt with their their lack of quarterbacks um, and with their setup right now as far as how they're building forward. 
Yeah, if it's between Pitt and Texas A&M, it would make a lot more sense for him to go to Pitt. I think that yeah. that's the best way to summarize it. Uh, final thoughts. Chris, you got anything? I actually want to go first on my final thought. Uh, we talked okay. quarterback recruiting earlier this month. I uh, misinf- I was misinformed. I, I spoke, I, or I should say I misspoke about Kenny Minchie. I thought he committed prior to Signetti's hiring. I was wrong. He committed after Signetti was hired. So that's wrong on me. Mark it down. First time I've ever said anything incorrect in the history of my life. Uh, went 28 years before I did it. So that's that's a tough scene on my end. Uh, no, but you know, I made a mistake. I'll own it. I apologize for the misinformation there. Uh, and I'll be better in the future. Carter, you got anything? Noah's wrong like every day about something. I am. So like... <laughs> I am not necessarily about college sports, but like, no, no, away no, no, from, no, just like yeah. in general. <laughs> yeah, my hit rate with this stuff's pretty good, but everything yes. else in life is like, I'm, I'm, I'm Austin Hedges with the batting average. I'm, I'm, people are booing me every time I come to the plate when they're asking me about non college sports related information. My goodness, but yeah, no, uh, uh, very, but still, yes, uh, I still think that there's still some excitement to come from Pitt's recruiting class, and uh, I think we'll be seeing that in the next couple of weeks here or so. Um, but uh, but yeah, everything I think is, is looking really good right now. Even so, even if they don't land you know, other, another big name, I still think this is a, a very successful recruiting class compared to the ones they've had over the past several years. Yeah, and uh, I mean, we, we have some inside tea information, you could say. I think there's some big names to expect uh, in the next week two weeks, three weeks or so. I, 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 I don't think Pitt's done yet with the excitement this summer. Um, that's all we'll, we'll say for now. Carter, it's been a pr- pleasure as always. want to emphasize again, you do indeed know ball, my friend. And you can listen to Chris Carter talk football and all other sports here on this wonderful YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already to listen to all of our Post-Gazette content on the Post-Gazette Sports Now YouTube channel and podcast network. Take care, folks. Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you liked the video, please like it and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you enjoyed it on Apple Podcasts, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. For six months of digital access to post-gazette.com for just $6, click the link down in the description.